Greetings, nerds. This is Will Polk, producer and co-host of the Cena Nerd Podcast with our host, Sarah Belmont. Thank you for joining me today as we're going to be talking about episode 33 of Star Trek Picard, part three, 17 seconds. This episode was written by Jane Maggs and Cindy Appel and directed by Jonathan Two Takes Frakes. Before we get deeper into the episode here today, I just want to uh, ask if you like what you hear, uh, uh, please give us a like, comment, and subscribe on our podcast. You can also follow us at www.cnerdpodcast.com to listen wherever you get your podcast. So let's jump right into this episode. So this was a major turning point in the early season in Star Trek Picard. We've had two prior episodes of, of brilliant setup where we have all our players put into their respective places on the Titan and on Metallus Prime. And then this episode really just ratchets everything up. We have a, a lot of good drama, a lot of character development, action that that was almost at the cinematic level. And so uh, this episode was really a, a big payoff in, in many ways for, for the young season so far as we as we get to our next part of the story arc that where we're going to go in, in Star Trek Picard season three. Uh, this episode, of course, again, Terry Metalis as the showrunner uh, is, and, and also Jonathan Frakes being the director really has a good feel for what Star Trek is. And this episode really felt like uh, the most Star Trek-y Trek that we've had in, in, in a very long time. And in particular on, on Star Trek Picard, uh, this episode definitely did get into uh, mining some of the themes and things we've seen in the original series trilogy with Star Trek's two, three, and four. Also, uh, just some deep cuts into the Star Trek Next Generation and really mining some of the things from that, as well as really having the big moment from Deep Space Nine. And we will definitely get into more details uh, whenever we discuss this episode. But um, this is, again, a spoiler review, so if, you, if you've watched the episode, continue. If you haven't watched it right now, go watch it and come back and hear my thoughts on all the pluses and minuses. And, and, just, and also, I do have a theory about where things are going with this, the B story with the, with the uh, theft from the Daystrom Institute and where it how it all ties into the A story and in the overall story for uh, Star Trek Picard season three. So again, this is your last warning. Spoiler warnings ahead and let's get into this episode. So when we first start, we are in the anomaly and the Titan is being chased by Vatic. And this is very reminiscent of the Borg chasing the Enterprise D and Best of Both Worlds. We also have definite, as we noted in our episode uh, two review that Sarah and I did this week, call back to Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, with the uh, chasing of the Reliant, uh, the Enterprise, and the Matara Nebula uh, in that film. So, you know, I want, you know, this definitely, again, goes deep into the lore. 
but also we just kick off with a lot of action and pick up from where we are last week. We then get into the episode on the Titan, and we see Jack and Beverly on sick bay. Uh, people on the sick bay um, were staring at Jack. There was one crewman in particular who was um, very upset with all this going on. Even you know, gets right in Jack's face and like blames him for getting him into this predicament. Uh, and, and he was ready to like jump back at the crewman, but Beverly told Jack to like, look, calm down, stand down. You have a place here. We have a place here. And really, really shows the, the crusher that we all know that you know she's a very empathetic person. Uh, she is always, you know, she's a helper. She's a doctor and really r- reminds Jack that he is also, given that they've been doing these medical uh, relief missions uh, on her old ship that was destroyed, unfortunately, that they do have a place here and it, it's definitely going to come into play in in the episode as we move forward. So, you know, I thought that was really a, a really good start to the episode. And we then have a flashback to Los Angeles and we see John Luke and Will and 10 forward and celebrating the birth of Riker's son Thaddeus. And, and in the process of discussing Thaddeus's birth, Riker talks about how it was really touch and go. And he was on the bridge of the Titan at the time. And this was the Luna class Titan that Riker was in command of. And, Deanna was also on the ship as well, uh, clearly, and he gets a call from sickbay that Deanna is in labor, and he, he recalls that it was the longest period of his of his of his life in that turbo shift. And even though he counted down, it was only seventeen seconds. He was very, you know, it was a very prolonged. Um, Ordeal for him, and and as a parent myself, I, I really you know this this scene and, and some of the things that was discussed as far as uh, parenting and, and what uh, you know that, the whole birth process and, and becoming a father and, and the, the banter between Riker and Picard talking about parenthood and and Riker talks about how it changed his life and everything. Those things really really did resonate with me as a parent as I was watching this scene, but also. There was the acknowledgement um, that uh, the sadness in this scene as well, because we learn later uh, on in in the series uh, in Star Trek Picard season two, I believe, uh, Riker and Deanna, uh, we learned that they, they lost Thaddeus to an illness. And so that's the definite uh, note that's going to uh, come into play in a major way later in this episode. Another thing that uh, I know some people saw some things back and forth on social media was uh, the de-aging of Riker and and Picard and Patrick Stewart and Jonathan Fakes, respectively. And uh, because when this scene happened in the Star Trek timeline, this was around probably around 2181 uh, when uh, Thaddeus was born and this this took place. But, uh, uh, you know, given that it was a a streaming budget, I, I, you know, wasn't too bad to be honest i thought it was uh not too bad and it, it didn't take me out of the story too much to be honest uh, the only time that it was really noticeable was obviously when uh when the two actors were speaking because you, you could you could 
their voices were uh, clearly are, were were not as strong as they they were when they were younger. But uh, but overall, I felt uh, you know it it was it was good that they did that, and um, it, and it was pretty good work uh, for a streaming budget. So a couple other things with that scene too, just real quick, was Deanna uh, doing the Haggard. Uh, call to them like, well, you guys are just having the ball there and, and ten forward, but you know, so it, yeah, you know, could, you know, it was a little stereotype stereotypes there, but uh, as far as the as far as how that was played out, but again, uh, I'm sure we're going to get more uh, about from Deanna. We've seen it, you know, she's clearly going to be showing up later in the season, and really very curious to see where and what caused the rift. Uh, uh, from uh, Will Diane, is this a, a, a fallout from their, their loss of their son? Uh, that's one of the things that you know, a parent never wants to do is to you know, lose your child before before your own time. And so I wonder if that's going to play into some of the estrangement if there, or if there's something else. So we return back to the present day. We're on the bridge. We, we're, we're on the bridge of the Titan. Uh, of course, uh, City of the Forge uh, was... Uh, a very integral part of the of the new crew. She, uh, of course, uh, there's the back and forth with Shaw uh, as far as you know, the shit's thrown at us today was good little back to the line of the episode. getting tossed at Titan, but Shaw orders everyone go on break because they've been working for 36 hours and. Sydney stops by Seven's quarters and talks to her about um, her dad Jordy and and how um, how Jordy has difficulty forming friendships. But one of the things that was very critical to that is this thing of loyalty. And, and I think they're definitely setting up that even though some of the it, it's clear that like time passes and friendships that you may have formed years ago, you know, people uh, come and go in your lives and stuff, but, you know, those old friends and colleagues that you, you, you develop, you know, things sometimes will fall right back into place. Sometimes they may not, but uh, with her talking with seven, she noted the, the issue of loyalty and, and uh, friendship and that uh, even though Jordy uh, may not uh, always have the easiest thing of collect making friendships. When he once he is your friend, he's your he's your ride and die. And we and we saw that all throughout the next generation all through the films with Jordy and Data and jo and Data's exploration of his emotions and stuff. So you know Jordy's that ride or die guy, and, and Seven is clearly showing that ride or die uh, with with John Luke uh, as well uh, when she betrayed uh, Shaw and the consequences of that. So the next part of the episode is the one that we've been wanting to see for, for many, many years. And uh, is the achievement of Beverly and Picard's feelings for one another. And this particular moment uh, was one that really is very integral to what's going on with this season. With the big reveal is... John Luke's son, and they really do have a a heart to heart here about what's going on here and, and what's going on with their relationship. 
ship and, and what happened. So we learned that um, on shore leave on Casperia Prime, and this was most likely when it was the Enterprise E or maybe Enterprise F, you know, depending on where we are at the time, I guess, again, it's around 2181. So uh, I have to go back and look at the Star Trek logs to see uh, when the uh, Enterprise E was lost. But um, the um, they were on shore leave and um, they were at this point in one of the five times of their uh, romantic relationship. And in, in Beverly, uh, got pregnant and then Picard got called away. And so this was a you know, really setting up the dynamic as far as what was going on there in the sick bay, as far as their discussions. And what we learned is that, um, you know, Picard got called away from the job. Picard was very angry at, at Beverly because he didn't get to have the choice this uh, whether it was be in their in their child's life and and it was a very moment reminiscent of uh, also Captain Kirk when or Admiral Kirk when he discovered that David Marcus was was his son when whenever he uh, came, was reunited with Carl Marcus in, in Star Trek II so there's a lot of parallels between Captain Kirk's life and Captain Picard's life and and one of the things that he was very very upset about was he didn't get the he didn't get that chance and Beverly took that chance away from him and he calls her out on it and I have to say uh, that Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden's performance here was just it was just top notch they really they really brought it and and it, you know there was a lot of this tension and emotion and all the things that we have dealt with these characters in the past came to a head in this scene as far as the relationship. Will there or won't they? And all that was on full display here. And, you know, so Beverly Lutz throws it back to him that um, she didn't want Picard to be, he, he, that he didn't want to be a father. And, and so, and because of that, and also because it is John Luke Picard and he has a big, big, Target on his back from everyone from the Romulans to the you know to the Duras family and everyone else. He Jack would be at great risk many many times uh, if people knew that John Luke had a son. And we even got a little hint of that in the, an episode of uh, the Next Generation with Jason Vigo, where uh, where one of Picard's flings in the past uh, uh, told. Jason, that John Luke was his was his son. We later found out that Jason Vigo was not. But in that episode, because of the fact that uh, Picard was, um, you know, the individual that he is, and also Jason having some issues as well, uh, you know, there was there was some issues that uh, that came about where Jason was was threatened because of the potential relationship with John Luke. So Beverly has a good point there from their experiences on the Enterprise, but also John Luke has a good definitely has the right to be angry and upset because of what choice and the decision that she made had on his life. And, and I, I appreciate the, the showrunners doing this because I know I wasn't a big fan of, of season two, to be, to be honest. And I was wondering where was all this going as far as you know, this ex exploration of John Luke's past and what was going on with his mother and what was going on with, uh, 
his father and, and those scenes in the bar and, and and everything. But it, it, we definitely get the call, the payoff here with with the, uh, the 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 story here because given that John Luke um, learned those things about his father twenty years after you know the time that Jack was born. You know, he, he he has reconciled the things that happened in his past and realized that if he ever did the opportunity to become a father, he was not going to make the same mistakes that his father did in dealing with his mother's mental illness. So that was a, a brilliant callback to the, the season and really using things from the, 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 the first, the second season of Star Trek Picard into the, in the present story. And he, grew, he you know, it shows how he's grown, and, and Picard really is a different man. But he didn't have that choice, and so you know, if he had had that choice all those years ago when Jet, when Beverly was pregnant and had an opportunity to to be a part of his life, maybe he would have discovered those things. You know, he would have he would have not done the same things his father did when things came up uh, as a father. And so that was a you know that was a very big moment uh, as far as this episode and, and really a big moment in this series, because it again gets to some of the thing, you know, shows the growth of our, of our characters, but also uh, the thing that uh, Beverly did right was she did tell Jack that John Luke was his father and, and Jack made the decision that he did not want to be in John Luke's life. So, you know, so she did give Jack the opportunity to to make the choice. So she did give Jack the agency that he needed to to to, to decide whether or not he wanted John Luke and in his life or not. And he and he and he decided that he did not want to. But um, you know, it was it was definitely a, a major major plot point, major moment uh, that I thought went was executed very very well by everyone involved. From great direction by Jonathan Frakes on this particular point. And bringing all those emotions out and everything to bear from from uh, Gates and, and and Patrick Stewart on that. But um, moving next to the next part of the story in the Titan, uh, of course, go back to the bridge. Uh, the uh, Vodic and the Shrike keep pummeling the um, Titan in, in the anomaly. We then learn that. Um, in between that, uh, we also, before we get to that scene, we also just wanted to note uh, Jack and, and Riker have a moment where Riker talks to Jack about uh, his uh, you, you know, his notes with it about his father. And, and, you know, Jack is like, don't call him a daddy. I, I just met this man, <laughs> you know, but, you know, there, you know, there, it, it, but, but also uh, the real critical point in that scene was, you know, Will, telling Jack that, look, yes, all these folks here on the Titans blame you, but we, they, you know, we, you've got to give them a reason for, for why they, they should care about you. And, and again, that is, you know, putting a pin in that, that, that definitely comes into play later in the episode. And then we do get to the Titan. Uh, it's getting beat up by the, 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 the Shrike and, and Vodic. Uh, Shaw gets injured and, Transfers command over to Riker. Riker and Picard debate strategy. It's pretty fun. You know, there was a great scene there where uh, as soon as Will started ordering John Luke what to do, John Luke knew exactly what 
do so, you know, that, that tactical synergy between the two characters as far as, uh, you know, the many years they've served together, uh, you know, there, there were definitely things that Picard knew how that as far as Riker's uh, tactical skills and acumen. So, you know, that was, that was a nice moment. And, and I loved it. I love the scene where uh, John Luke was like, I, I think you can now call me number one. But that also will come into play later. Uh, in the episode as well, and I've seen some back and forth on 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 social media about uh, Riker and Picard having some conflict and stuff. And you got to remember, these folks haven't seen each other or haven't worked together in twenty years. And think about your own personal relationships, uh, how uh, people do change and grow. And and if you think of them in one way, how you how you remember them from years ago, they may be different from that. So uh, that'll come into definite. Uh, play here later in the episode uh we we then get to uh you know this the part where jack goes back to sick bay he's helping people out shaw was injured in sick bay beverly uh works with uh with the medical officer the doctor on on the titan uh a little throwaway line earlier in the episode about it will take me too long to explain things as far as how the sick bay works on the Titan. But again, to get the doctor on the, the Titan's doctor being too reliant on technology, completely missed the fact that Shaw was having internal bleeding. So, you know, those are nice little moments, little nice little points that I, I appreciate in this episode. The other thing too is during that moment, Shaw was still had his head, even though he was on sick bay, wounded, everything. He was still thinking about the mission and what was going on. And he was thinking out loud, what did I miss? You know, how did they keep track of me? How did they keep track of me? And Jack, Jack's like, oh, he connected the dots between the Rangers and 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 all. So he goes to see Seven and it talks about how she was a fitness ranger. And that was a great moment too, because then we, you know, they uh, get to the uh engine room after uh, punching out the security guard. Uh, and then we get there and we get the big, big moment where they figure out uh, how the Shrike is, is, chased, is tracking them uh, because obviously in the anomaly sensors are down, but they use other tech to be able to, to, to track the ship and, and they, they learn that uh, it looks like the ship's been sabotaged. And this is when we get to one of the big, big Big reveals of this episode when we encounter the uh, crewmen that we saw earlier in the episode and some other uh, episodes as well. Where and he comes into the room and he assaults Jack as Jack was trying to uh, you know fix the uh, broken component in the in the Titan. Uh, Jack throws lands a good punch and then we see the face contort. And we realized I literally, and I'm sure everyone else did as well. When I saw that moment with his face all squished up and stuff, I jumped up and did the meme. I, I did literally jumped out of my chair because I was like, oh crap, it's a changeling. It's a changeling. We got the huge, the Dominion is back, y'all. The Dominion's back. And that was a moment where I was like, holy bleep. I, I really was. I was like, holy shit. I can't believe this was a big, big reveal in this episode and and we we see that 
the, the Dominion is there. And then that will also tie into the B story, which we'll get to here in a moment. But uh, Jack is, is injured, and uh, because of the you know, his mask was taken off and the gas, the ventrum gas that uh, was uh, venting uh, you know, is, is fatal. And so we get Jack in sick bay, and then uh, you know we do get a moment where he is uh, injured near death. And we talked about this some on our podcast this week about uh, Jack, whether or not he was going to end up like David Marcus, where, you know, you introduce a character only to bring only to later kill him. Like what happened with Kirk's son. But fortunately, at least to this point in the series, uh, Jack was able to get resurrected and he shares with the, the, with Beverly and seven, that it was a changeling. They call up to the bridge all the while things are going on the bridge, we learned that Vodic has the uh, portal weapon. And so the portal weapon, you know, so every time they would try to jump to warp, they would get back, you know, they would, they would fire the weapon. Of course, the, the uh, portal weapon would then bring the Titan back in front of the, uh, in, in, in front of the, uh, the Shrike. Picard or Riker are going at it again as far as strategy. Riker is like, you know, he wants to protect the ship. Jean Luc is like, no, we've got to fight. And they, you know, they, they had, you know, there, there was, and we've seen this conflict in the past before between them as far as the different philosophies, as far as how to deal with the situation. And so it wasn't um, wrong for them to do that. But then Picard takes it personal. He makes it personal in this moment where he brings up that. He thinks Will's strategy is he thinks Will's strategy is wrong because he thinks Will is acting out of fear, a fear of loss. And this only not only ties back to the 10-4 conversation that they had 20 years ago when he was talking to Will about parenthood and 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 you'll do anything for your kids and, 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 and all. And, you know, and Beverly also talks about that too, as far as why she didn't um, tell Jean-Luc about Jack because of, you know, obviously the losses she had due to Jean-Luc because of, you know, Wesley was, you know, going off with the traveler due to his association with Jean-Luc. Obviously Jack Crusher's namesake, Beverly's uh, deceased husband, Jack Crusher, um, was you know under lost under Picard's command. So those are all things that uh, you know Picard just like you, you, you never do that you know, to your to a friend. You know, pick on something that is a very uh, sore spot with them. And in this case, John Luke did it on uh, with Riker's loss of his son. But also, it was you know you could also look back to some of the things in Next Generation too, because in many cases. Uh, when Riker was offered commands when he was the first number one on the Enterprise, there was always this theme like, why is Riker not sitting and taking the big chair? I mean, that was a theme that was also very prevalent in, in, the, in the series. So again, John Luke was like thinking about the guy that he knew all those years ago at Enterprise D and not looking at the individual as who he is today. And that's something that has been a sort of a through line in this series is, People do change. So 
you have to recognize that. And, and John Luke clearly did not. And then he also goes very personal with Riker uh, it, 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 as far as in their debate, debate of strategy. So Riker's like, okay, fine. And then he decides to follow John Luke's advice. And they fire the torpedoes, fire everything they had, right? And so when they did, the portal open weapon is used once again because they thought that the strike was going to be somewhere else. But it turns out they had already turned. They fired the torpedoes. They fired everything they had, which seems kind of funny that everything they had was just those four torpedoes. But I guess for dramatic reasons, if they had fired everything they had, then what happened then when the portal opened up and redirected those wep- those torpedoes back onto the Titan. Clearly, if they fired everything that they had, the Titan would just be Stardust right now. So I, I get why they like measured they did a more measured uh, uh, weapons there. But that being said, the when the the Titan was disabled due to the catastrophic hits from the, their own torpedoes, and a Riker calls back, you know. When we get back in Picard on on the bridge, Riker's like, "You just killed us." I mean, it was the temperature in the it, as Khan said, it's very cold in space, and it was very very cold during that moment. And so, uh, and he orders Picard off the bridge, and we see the the uh, the Titan that, that is now disabled, falling falling deeper into the nebula, which they learned earlier in the episode that it was uh, the deeper you go into it, it seemed like there's a gravitational not, uh, gravity well in, in there. So it's a, basically a black hole. And so, uh, and so now we end our adventures on the Titan with the ship adrift, getting pulled deeper and deeper into, into the, into the anomaly. So that was the um, sort of the high, some of the high points in, in our adventures on the Titan, but, what I'm really enjoying is how they have tied the B story with Rafi to the A story with the Titan. So when we we, we wake up, Rafi wakes up on the La Serena, uh, La Siena, and uh, sees that Worf is there. Worf's now very very chill, um, and it, it compared to, it, in some people's eyes, I mean, he, to me, he seems like he he, he is still Worf son of Moog. But then he he gives this great intro that basically sums up his story uh, in in that line where he goes through he how he is um, you know son of Moog, House of Martok, House of Roshenko, you know, blah 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 blah. And, you know, and that, and that, you know, so for fans like me who are deep into the lore, totally get it. But for folks who may be checking this series out for the first time, that was a way to introduce Worf to them and to give the basically encyclopedic rundown of his run on Next Generation and also DS9. And props to Michael Dorn for uh, being the longest tenured uh, actor on, on the on, in the Star Trek franchise. <clears throat> So, uh, you know, he you know, he has he's graduated from prune juice to the chamomile tea. But the main things that really happened during there uh, when we were back on Metallus Prime 
is they they discuss what went down with the with the recruitment center, uh, trying to figure out why uh, Sneed had the, the 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 weapons that they were looking for that were stolen from Daystrom. Uh, Worf had hands Rafi a pad and and notes a guy named Rika who who could probably give them some more information. And they do have a very well, you know, there's some fun moments while they're chasing the guy down on Metallus Prime. Uh, we'll comment about Rafi and Worf have good banter, great chemistry between Michelle Hurd and Michael Dorn. And uh, they do capture the guy, they bring him back to the ship. Rafi wants to. You know, interrogate him, and you know she is like, you know, getting medieval on his ass. Worf is like, no, no, we don't need to, we don't need to use all those heavy-handed tactics and stuff. Uh, but as the guy sitting there, he has started to like really, really like have shakes, you know. And again, tying it back to Rafi's story with the drug addiction and drug abuse, um, it was very, 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 very critical. Um, to, to see that because, you know, whenever he, and I, I thought this at first as well, whenever he was starting to like act up and stuff, I was thinking that he was having withdrawal symptoms because he was indeed a junkie. But we later, as things start to progress, they discover that when he, that he is actually a changeling as, as well. And great nod back to Odo, uh, a line of dialogue that Worf had that he had talked to one of his uh, that uh, his former colleagues Odo, uh, and learns that you know there's a there there is a, how long have you been out of the Great Link? And of course, a reminder uh, as far as the Dominion War when the Dominion um, were defeated, uh, Odo went back to the Great Link, but also uh, there the the armist there was a Peace treaty between the Federation and the Dominion, and so they're trying to figure out why is the why is the Dominion trying to start another war with the Federation? Uh, but you know, nice touch, nice nod to the late Rene Abergenois, who uh, who portrayed who, who portrayed Odo uh, in DS9, and so uh, we, we see we learned that you know we learned that the character is a changeling. Uh, and the thing about changelings is they, they have to revert back to their gelatinous state. They can't stay as a solid for 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 too many hours because uh, if they do, then uh, as we saw with Odo and DS9, you know he he it, 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 and what we saw with, with Rika, he they, they do have the physical manifestations of staying as a solid too long, and it and it does mess with them. So uh, changeling. Um, Oozes out of the chair, Worf and Rafi dispose of him, and then they try to figure out, well, if they're not trying to start another war, what is the other, what is the thing that, that and, and if the portal weapon is just a distraction, what's the bigger, bigger thing that the Dominion is trying to do here as far as the targeting Starfleet and the Federation? And that goes to my big theory of the week. So we've... Um, heard a lot about um, the Daystrom Institute and the Daystrom uh, facility in Star Trek Picard season three. One of the things that uh, prior to the premiere of this season is there was a, um, on Star Trek logs on Instagram, they had little 
little featurettes for all the all the um, characters, the ships, everything. They Spiders coming because they died in Star Trek Picard season one, but uh, lore is going to be in this series. And my theory is because in those Star Trek logs, there was a note that lore was taken to the Daystrom facility. And of course, going back to Next Generation episodes, lore was finally defeated and disassembled. And so I think maybe this may not be the overall, maybe, but I'm wondering if the Dominion is going to be using lore to like try to infiltrate and bring down Starfleet. And maybe that is why that's the big, big weapon that they're trying to get from, um, from the Daystrom Institute. So maybe it's a, you know, it may not, it, that, that could be, it, it could be the big bad thing, or it could just be one of another bad thing that is going to happen in this series. But let me know your thoughts in the comments. Uh, you think you think that Lord is the big bad, that the big weapon that the Dominion is after uh, for whatever purposes they're going to use? Uh, well, at least the splinter group from the Dominion, because I want to be very clear. One of the things that they did note was that it wasn't the, that Odo did tell Worf was that uh, it wasn't the main founders, but this was a splinter group off of, uh, off of the, uh, off of the founders in the great link. So, uh, so if this faction in the great link are, are trying to get uh, Lore's parts, I wonder what that uh, will, uh, what that means for the whole story as far as if my theory pans out, but that's my, that's, that's just my general thoughts and theories on uh, why the Daystrom Institute is, is critical here and, and tying that uh, out of universe uh, personnel pad that was on Star Trek logs on Instagram, uh, it, which, which is the official, it's not a fan thing. It's, it's, it's actually a, a sanctioned um, page from this, uh, from Paramount. So go check it out if you haven't. Uh, there's also a lot of great other nuggets on there as well that may tie back into the series, but that was one that I thought that Maybe, maybe why uh, this uh, B story is is very critical here. But again, the overall pulling the A story and B story together, they're coming together like super. They're coming together, and and I can't wait for all the various threads to come together. But this is a great way and great storytelling as far as like how to use A story and B ser stories servicing each other together. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, so like I said, closing thoughts on the episode. I have to say this thing is really kicking into high gear, and I absolutely love where they're going with the story. Um, you know, another thing too that uh, I'm, I'm glad they're doing here is, you know, during the Dominion War, uh, during the next, during the DS9 and the Next Generation movies run, the Enterprise E was always off on some different duty and so they never really did have um at least that you know any in at least a live action no major role to play in the dominion war uh that we uh, saw on, on screen so this is a nice touch to like finally have the next generation crew deal with have, have to deal with a segment of the dominion so you know this episode had some clear emotional highs lows you know, we got rifts between our critical characters, which is a very real life thing. I mean, not every, you know, when 
which you know got more of that DS9, but you know overall next generation things were pretty pretty smooth in it between the the core characters. So you know it, it's good to see that. It also it's good to see that how people change, and that was one of the things that Jack called John Luke out on in, in last episode that you know John Luke is seeing people how he he saw them when they were on the Enterprise. So. Um, and of course, the episode ends with our big Trek cliffhanger. So, really enjoyed episode three three. Let me know your comments and thoughts down in the comments here on our page. One last thing before I go, just wanted to note: I see I have my Star Trek Discovery shirt on, the t-shirt on this app as I'm recording this. And uh, we learned that on this Thursday that uh, season five will be the last. Uh, season for Star Trek Discovery, and they also moved the date from 2023 to 2024 as far as the final season. You know, this series overall, I've really, really enjoyed it. I know there's been some parts of seasons, the last three, season three and season four that I wasn't as big a fan of, but we just have to just give Discovery the props because without Star Trek Discovery, we wouldn't be having a discussion about Star Trek Picard right now. It also spun off, you know, Strange New Worlds, which you know, we, we, which is a, it's been, it was an amazing first season for, of that series, and also our animated adventures with uh, Lower Decks and, and Prodigy. I mean, it's been it's been like great time to be a, a Star Trek fan, and so we definitely have to give all the appreciation and props to the cast and crew of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, so with that. That is all that I have uh, for this week's episode. Again, we'll be covering Star Trek Star Trek Picard on Cena Nerd. Uh, either I'll be doing reviews or uh, my, my host and partner, Sarah Belmont, will be joining me on our, on our main show to do uh, reviews as well. So go check out our, our my review from episode one, also episode two from our main show this week. And we'll be uh, doing the future reviews as well. So, again, follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at Scene underscore N underscore Nerd. And our website, www.cenanerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, comment, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live long and prosper. Geek out, you're welcome.